0: everybody, I'm Rob. Grateful to be here this morning or tonight, depending on where you are. And um, hoping to carry the message of recovery, hoping to say something that will help someone. Um, The power to do that doesn't typically come from me. Uh, I have to ask my higher power for the words to be helpful. So I, I I came back to OA in December 2019. I was sitting in a lunchtime meeting of another fellowship where folks are welcome to bring their lunches. And the woman sitting across from me had a soft-sided cooler. She unzipped it, and she started pulling things out of it. And it was like a magician pulling rabbits out of a hat. First came a Tupperware with some leafy green stuff and then a tiny little plastic container with some liquid for it. And she had um, protein wrapped in plastic, and she proceeded to carve that into slices. And she had rice cakes. It went on and on and on. I was transfixed. She was right across from me no way to avoid her. I don't know if if she caught the intensity of my gaze or if she just says this thing all the time. She said, um, I'm so sorry. If this is disruptive. I, uh, I'm a compulsive overeater and I have to eat at noon every day and it's noon and so I'm eating and This is my weight and measured meal, and I have to eat a weight and measured meal in order to uh, comply with my plan of eating. And I remembered that I had been in O.A. for two or three years in 2003 to 2005. I remembered that I lost 70 pounds, and I thought, oh, I could go back to O.A., I weighed about 240 pounds at that time, which uh, was 70 pounds higher than I weighed in 2005. And I was fat and miserable, fat and miserable. And I'd forgotten that that I'd gotten help in LA. Well, I don't know. I, I had to think about it for a while because I wasn't sure that, uh, measures this drastic were, were called for, but I called her in about a week, and I asked her if she could help me, and she told me she remembered me from before, and um, she said it would be fine if I called her. Within a couple of days, she asked me if I had a plan of eating, and I emailed it to her, and uh, she we, we had a phone call, and she said, yep, that's a plan of eating. Are you going to do it? And I said, yeah. And so I started following a plan of eating in December 2019. I think I, I think it may be four years to the day or near enough um, that I've been following a plan of eating and have been abstinent. And I don't get any of the credit for that. Um, I, I was willing enough to show up, uh, but I attribute this to a power greater than myself, Um, I demonstrated over decades of eating competitively in an amateur marketplace that um, I did not have the ability to control what I ate. Uh, I couldn't stop. I couldn't moderate. I couldn't go on a diet. Well, I think I went on a diet when I was 12. Um, And uh, I found that when I did implement some new behavior with food. Um, After a short period of time, I was back to the same old behavior. I've been in the beverage program for almost 40 years. And um, you you would think that I would know about the twofold malady. Um, And It was mildly embarrassing to go to meetings. I went to a meeting in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, where um, people talked about this a lot, the twofold malady, the twofold nature of my disease, uh, the allergy of the body, which requires me to continue eating once I start eating a binge food, and the obsession of the mind, which tells me it would be a great time to stop in and get four or five pints of Ben and Jerry's, or maybe a couple 16-ounce bags of chips and some sour cream or some other uh, binge food. Um, I was amazed that <laughs> that I hadn't figured this out before. And uh, that's what my experience shows, that... that Once I start, I can't stop. And when I run out, I can't stop thinking about whatever it is I was eating. And I've got to think about it for two or three or four or five days until it's out of my system. Um, and, And you know, this all would be no big deal if I could just stop and not pick it up again, right? I mean, that's what normal people do. My wife is a normal people. She discovered that she had a problem with chocolate. Her solution was to stop eating chocolate. Genius! And um, somehow I just couldn't make it to uh, the staying Stopped. Thank you so much, Kristen. Um. So you know, here I was in a way just before the pandemic, and I was going to tiny little meetings in Greenfield, Massachusetts, near where I live. Uh, my sponsor went to those meetings, some other folks with a little time went to those meetings. And a lot of folks with, a lot of folks who were new like me and didn't have a clue like me were also showing up. And um, and then we locked down, COVID, COVID happened and, and that was it. And I was in Zoom. And uh, what a blessing that was for me, because the meetings I was going to um, didn't offer the kind of recovery that I was lucky enough to find on Zoom. And so I found this meeting on Sunday morning at 10 AM in Cherry Hill, New Jersey. And uh, it's it's an hour and a half long, which is too damn long for anyone. But that last half hour, uh, they have time for newcomers. So it's kind of an after party. And um, they send out big books to folks who don't have them. And uh, I I heard the twofold nature of my disease. And, you know, the light went on. And and that's all that happened. You know, I had a well-lit, empty head. Um, i I think that well I have some some firmly held opinions about this, which I will share with you. They are my opinions. And um I, I don't I don't claim that they're right, but they they seem right to me. And i I think that this program will work for anybody who actually does the work. I don't think it matters what I think about uh, whether or not the steps will work. I don't think it matters if I've got some deep theoretical knowledge of how the steps work. I don't think uh, if I approve of them or disapprove of them, if if I like or don't like any of the words in them, um, you know, my opinion really is uh, of absolutely no value to me. Uh, it It may serve to keep me from taking action. And uh, that's unfortunate. It didn't keep me from taking action this time. So I was going to Zoom meetings and I was doing some service in some of the Zoom meetings. And I was talking with my sponsor, um, and she talked about service. And service of of any kind, I think, is really good for me. Uh, she, she said that the benefit for her in her, I don't know, 25, 35, many, many years in way however long, And she said she hasn't been abstinent all that time, but she kept coming. And she's really grateful she kept coming. I think that's that's a big deal to keep coming. She said uh, when she was not following the program, service kept her from getting picked off by the hyenas because she kept coming to meetings. When she was following the program, she was in the middle of the pack. So the hyenas couldn't get her. So service kept her in the middle or close enough so that uh, she'd have a chance. I'd had some exposure to service in another program, and I I had some fixed opinions about that. Thank you, Kristen. Service, I thought, was for people who have way too much time on their hands. And uh, a lot of folks would go and sit in a small, uncomfortable room and talk about stuff. That just didn't matter for 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 much too long, and uh, and then thank God we would all get to leave. So I went to an intergroup meeting. It was hell. It was hell. The chair. Uh, and I went. I went back to another one. What was I thinking? and it was the same show if we had an agenda it was a mystery it was a secret to all we just talked about whatever we wanted and you know after a while thank god the bell rang and we could leave and and i went back to another one and i was a little irritable and i may have said a few things that may not have strictly been polite Uh, Like, how about we make an effing decision? Um, And and then I thought, well, that really isn't the right approach, is it? My my sponsor, this woman finally agreed to sponsor me. She said uh, that service puts her in a place where her rough edges rub off against the rough edges of other people. And I can tell you that that's... That sounds right to me. So I had a moment of genius. I thought, this poor chair, he's a lovely man, but he's not able to run this meeting. And I've had some experience facilitating meetings. Maybe I should put my hat in the ring for chair of intergroup. So I talked to my sponsor, and I talked to some other people, and I talked to members of the group and then i stood for chair and i i actually did a really good job because there's no way in hell you're going to catch me publicly doing a bad job at this so i did i did what it took but um you know maybe for the wrong reasons or for partly the wrong reasons um You know, I sought consensus in the group. I went to a bunch of other intergroup meetings and saw how other intergroups conducted their meetings. I called everyone I could in my intergroup to ask three questions. What are we doing well? What are we doing not so well? And what do we really need to focus on? And that was really good for me. And at the end of two years, I was so done with being intergroup chair. I was ready to step out of that role. And, um, you know, my my experience with, thank you so much, Kristen. My experience with OA has been, you know, once I started following a plan of eating, I became abstinent. And, you know, before too long, I wasn't worrying about what to eat and what not to eat. All of that negotiation and rationalization and arguing, all of you know the, the ranks of attorneys up between my years with arguments and counter arguments about what I should and shouldn't do, all that stuff went away. I stopped thinking about food. At breakfast time, it was time for breakfast and I had an abstinent breakfast and then I did other stuff until lunch, when I had an abstinent lunch. And then maybe I had a snack in the afternoon or maybe I didn't. And then I had an abstinent dinner and it was no big deal. Once I got over relearning the weighing and measuring, you know, kind of dealing with the logistics, it was okay. So I don't don't really think about food anymore. And what a blessing that is. I couldn't not think about food. If I'm out with friends, I'm thinking about food. If I'm here at home, I'm thinking about food. If I'm on my way to a meeting in the beverage fellowship, I've got to stop somewhere early and get something and sit in the parking lot and eat it with both hands. I don't do that stuff anymore. What a blessing. Because of Doing some of the steps, I've stopped at the beginning of four. I've got a list of people against whom I have resentments and some institutions and some principles, but apparently I am unwilling to proceed. So I ask God every morning, make me willing. And so people do stuff that piss me off, that I can kind of run up against and say, boy, if I did these steps, maybe my defects would get smaller maybe I'd have more peace. Maybe I'd bring more peace. Well, I'm out of time, so that's all we're getting. So grateful to be here today, today, tonight, this morning, whatever it is, and uh, hope that I've said something helpful. Thanks.